TED Audio Collective. You're listening to TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hugh. It's really easy to feel helpless lately. We are living in difficult or hopeless times. I don't need to tick off the reasons why, but the writer Wajahat Ali encourages us to keep hope alive during this time of tumult and a devastating war in Europe. His wide-ranging TED membership conversation with TED's current affairs curator, Whitney Pennington Rogers, covers everything from camels to chai tea to kung fu panda too, as part of his message to invest in hope. We should note this conversation was recorded on January 20th, 2022. This show is brought to you by Schwab. You're here to keep a pulse on environmental trends. Well, now you can invest in what's trending in electric vehicles, renewable energy, water sustainability, and more with Schwab Investing Themes. It's an easy way to invest in ideas you believe in. Schwab's research uncovers emerging trends, then their technology curates relevant stocks into themes. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy all the stocks in a theme as is or customized to better fit your investing goals. All in a few clicks. Schwab Investing Themes is not intended to be investment advice or a recommendation of any stock or investment strategy. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash TED Talks. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash TED Talks. Odoo, modern management made simple. The last time I addressed this august TED crowd was in 2019 from the main stage in Vancouver, where I was giving my talk, my first TED talk on the case for having children. And that's where I shared the news I had just received earlier in the week that my then two-year-old daughter, Nuseba, was diagnosed with stage four cancer and needed a full liver transplant. So how have your past three years been? Uh, As you can imagine, our last three years have been uh, eventful. However, uh, they have given me some tough, learned, lived experiences and lessons about this ephemeral thing we call hope. And apparently, there's a huge demand for hope right now. In 2022, we're all dealing with multiple crises. A pandemic has killed 900,000 Americans. There's a partial lockdown. There's disinformation. There's income inequality. The rise of white supremacy. People telling people like me, go back to where you came from. We have to learn new Greek letters every few months. And oh, yeah, there's climate change. But other than that, things are pretty peachy. And with all of that, you might be asking, well, then why should we be hopeful in such hopeless times, Wajahat? And that is a very valid question. uh, And it's a perfectly fair question. But hope is what allowed me to believe that my daughter would somehow survive. And she did. And so if I may, allow me to share briefly three pieces of advice or lessons Um, or things that we can do that gave me hope in hopeless times and that I hope can help you. Number one, tie your camel first. There's a great saying uh, in Islam, many Muslims know this, that 
have faith in God, but tie your camel first. As a dad, I felt utterly hopeless with Nusebo's cancer. I'm the dad. I'm supposed to fix things. But I couldn't fix cancer. Cancer plays for all the marbles. It's a relentless, brutal, remorseless killing machine. It does not care about your vacation plans. It does not care about your bucket list. It does not care about your Netflix queue. It comes for everything. Then, coronavirus. Awesome. How do I defeat coronavirus? A 41-year-old, middle-aged, slightly overweight male with flat foot. Uh, It's easy to feel helpless, uh, out of control, adrift. But at the end of the day, try letting go of what you can't control and just focus on what you can control. The simple stuff. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Take care of your daily chores. Something that makes you feel that you have some control, some agency in this world. When it came to Nuseba, that meant, as a dad, just to be present. You know, building her her Lego friend set when she asked me to build it. Watching Frozen 39 times, then followed by Zootopia 46 times, then followed by Moana 56 times. Getting her the tasty frozen yogurt from the hospital vending machine that she loved. Do what you can, the best you can, have hope, but tie your camel first, and then be like Elsa from Frozen and let the rest go. Number two, invest in joy. Make the intention to actively invest in this thing called joy every day. Almost like a workout, you have to commit to it. It has to be a discipline. Build and flex that muscle. The world does not need more masochists or martyrs. It does not need more overworked, overstressed burnouts. New rule for 2022. You deserve to have moments of joy, even if they are fleeting every day that you are alive. And you have to take those moments. You have to grab them. You have to seize them. I love food. So I learned how to cook Pakistani food, took my mom's recipes during lockdown. My kids love Lego, so that means now I love Lego. I love drinking chai. I make a cup of chai every day. It makes me happy. No matter how much stress or pain or misery I was going through, I made sure to invest time every day to invest in things and people and experiences that gave me joy. And finally, number three, I would recommend, humbly, invest in the narrative of hope. Because the alternative is apathy and cynicism. Investing in hope is painful. It means opening yourself up to the possibility of pain, betrayal, and disappointment. It's easier to court cynicism, right? You expect nothing, so you lose nothing. But it also means you have resigned yourself to the cheap seats. You are a spectator who yells out boo instead of being a participant in the ring, where your nose could get bloody. But at least you're pushing the ball forward. It means choosing apathy and nihilism, which is comforting and easy, but also lazy and destructive. During Nuseba's cancer, I used to sit up every night after my family went to sleep, and I stayed up till like 3 or 4 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And instead, I imagined like Doctor Strange in Avengers Endgame with the time stone, every possible scenario and outcome, just to prepare myself as a father. I had to emotionally prepare for every outcome. So I used to imagine Nuseba dying. I imagined burying her with my own hands. I imagined making the phone call to her grandparents, explaining that she had died, listening to them cry. I imagined living the rest of my life like a shell of a man, but pretending to put a smile on my face because I had 
a son to raise and now a daughter. My wife, badass that she is, was also pregnant during uh, Nuseba's cancer. I had to be prepared. But I also chose to invest in a narrative in which Nuseba lived. And I imagined seeing her alive with a liver transplant, smiling, regaining her hair, full of joy in life. I preferred that story. That's the story I invested in. Even as we were sitting on the edge of what seemed like a falling cliff, I decided I would put out the lawn chair and at least enjoy the scenery. Over 500 people, mostly strangers, chose to sign up to be donors for Nuseba. Even people who told me they hated me for my politics. They were moved by her story. Sometimes, some people can change. Sometimes, some people can choose to do and be good. An anonymous donor, Sean Zahir, decided to give a piece of his liver to a girl he never met just so she could live. I'm not Pollyanna. I'm not a foolish, wide-eyed, naive optimist. I'm a pragmatist, fully aware of the many challenges and horrors we are facing. But through my own personal experience, if it is all helpful, I can assure you that walking through this forest of horrors, going on this journey, wherever it may lead, If you choose to invest in hope, it at least makes the ride a bit sweeter and easier. And as the wise ram tells Poe in Kung Fu Panda 2, your story may not have such a happy beginning, but that does not make you who you are. It is the rest of it, who you choose to be. Right now, survival is victory in this story that we are living. We are alive during a pandemic. We are winning. And just for that, we should be grateful. And I hope the choices we make in these challenging times will, inshallah, God willing, lead to a better story for all of us. And I believe that begins with choosing to invest in hope during hopeless times. Thanks so much for that, Wash. It was really wonderful to hear. And I think, in fact, we may even hear Naseba in the in the background, which is, uh, <laughs> which is, I think, exciting. I'm sorry. That's her. It's virtual school. I'm doing the best I can. No, 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 no. The it's wild, great. The wildlings are right there. What's keeping us from the wildling is a very thin wall. So let's pray. I mean, I, I think we talked about this before we, we started that we're we're all at home right now. That's the thing I think uh, we, we all know. So, um, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, but I think before we dive into just talking more about what you suggested around growing hope, I'd love to start by talking a little bit about your book, uh, Go Back to Where You Came From, because I think that it will provide a nice foundation for sort of understanding um, your thinking around this and um, and sort of how you've come to, to really embrace this. So I guess maybe you could start first by, you know, talking about the title of the book, you know, it's part memoir, part historical analysis, part, you know, how to guide on um, in, being inclusive and, and creating a place of belonging. Um, how did you come up with the title? Why did you choose this for the title of your book? So the title is Go Back to Where You Came From and Other Helpful Recommendations on How to Become American. Very deliberate, tongue-in-cheek, both ugly and funny, right? Because I believe that's the lived experience of life, but that's the lived experience of many Americans who are still trying to love a country that doesn't love us back. And so how do you respond to that pain? And some people cry, and as you, can, as you can tell, I laugh. And so this book is also an elegy for the rest of us who are still striving to be co-protagonists of this American narrative. And the book tries to expand and stretch this country to accommodate all of us to become the multiracial democracy it has to become, or else I believe it'll all fail. 
and it's done with a lot of humor and hope. And, and throughout the journey, you read the book. You know, we, I talked about Nuseba's cancer, but there's lots of interesting things that happen to me. My life is like a, a telenovela, like a Mexican soap opera, for better and for worse. And so I hope that when we get to, the, you know, when you get to the, the end part, where I talk about invest in hope, attire camel first, the hope that I give the audience for the future. I don't want it to make it a hallmarky, fake, saccharine Hollywood ending. I want you to really like, I want, I want it to be earned. And, it, you know, and, and, in to, and the way to earn it is to confront the horrors, confront the challenges, name it, own it, talk about the pain, wear the mileage and the scars. But despite all of that, you still persist, right? And, and because I agree, I mean, like what I said in the speech is with the five minute talk that I just gave you, I believe in it. I've been on all the sides in moments of deep despair. I've been there of darkness, of pain. And, and I realize if you tap out, it's over. If you tap out, it's done. And, and what I've seen, and we'll probably talk about it because you read the book in those moments in my life where you feel like it's over, it's done. I'm at the edge of the cliff and I'm about to fall. There's been a plot twist like the the page turns and with it comes like a better story. And so in the book, I mentioned there was a time where I was completely broke, uh, homeless. My parents were in jail, was taking care of my grandparents. And I'm like, there's no way. I, I, I couldn't even imagine my future. I couldn't imagine living to the age of 40. I thought I would be dead by 35. I'm, I'm being honest with anyone who's listening. My timeline, you know, I imagine a lot. I said like Dr. Strange, it ended at 35. I just couldn't imagine it. And I just knew that I would die. I would be, it'd be over and I almost did die. But here I'm sitting in my home, married to a woman who's way better than me. Like I'm married way up, like hotter than me, smarter than me. Like it's ridiculous. It's not even cool. And then I got three kids and then Nuseba who was supposed to die. That's what they told me. She wouldn't make it. They said every complication against this girl is, is happening. You could just hear her chirping right now. I'm sure you guys can hear her chirping. That's Nuseba. So, so you never know. You never know. You have a question that came in from Darcy, where Darcy asked, the idea of investing in hope is a great one, but how can we make it tangible? You mentioned mm-hmm. visualization or avoiding complaining, but how else can we actually bring this to life? It's a very good question. And you know that's where I say tie your camel first. You have to exhaust yourself of every possibility within your control. You know, And after that, you have to let go. I'll give you an example. It's, I mentioned it in the book. There was a moment. My parents were in jail. I'm 21 years old. I have to leave school. I'm taking care of my grandparents, my grandmothers who used to live with me. I'm an only child. I have to take care of the family business. I have to, fee- I have to pay the lawyer. It's post 9-11. My community turns vicious and cruel. Bad news travels fast, ladies and gentlemen. Bad news travels fast. I'm surgical with my budget. I have an Excel sheet. I got to pay all the bills. According to my Excel sheet, after I withdrew the $20 from Wells Fargo on the corner of Warm Springs and Mission, I was supposed to have $71 left. I go to the ATM of Wells Fargo. I take out the 20 bucks. I get the receipt. I look at the bottom. Instead of $71, it was 00.03. I had $20, 00.03, had to pay the bills, pay the lawyer, take care of my family. And I swear to you at that time, I mean, honestly, I said, I have done everything in my power. I am exhausted. What can I do with three cents? I didn't even get angry. I didn't get upset. I remember this vividly. It was a beautiful Bay Area day. Anyone who lives in the Bay Area, you know, 4 p.m., a little bit of a windy breeze. The sun was still there. It was just like idyllic. And I remember I started laughing, look at the receipt. And a couple people behind me 
trying to figure out like what's wrong with this guy because I was just ch- I don't know what else to do. I just chuckled. I got three cents. I had three cents left. So this is what I did. I took the twenty dollars, went across the street, and decided to splurge. I went to Subway and had a Subway supersized meal, foot long tuna sandwich with all the workings and avocado. And then I decided to have two chocolate chip cookies. Then I went next door and had a what is the venti? What's the largest one? Starbucks one. The I think venti. Yeah, venti caramel wrap with extra caramel drizzle, right? And I had now $20 became $10. I went home and I told my grandparents, uh, my grandmother, I said, I've done everything I possibly could. There's nothing else I can do. We have 10 bucks left. I'm sorry. I had some dal chamal at night, uh, watching Netflix movie. And I remember I said this in the book, I let go. There's nothing else I could do. I completely let go. I said, Allah, what, you know, whatever happens tomorrow, happens tomorrow. Inshallah, I'd leave it up to you. I've done everything within my powers. Like everything I could possibly think of, I've done. This is it. Like you want to save me, save me. You don't want to save me, whatever. I enjoyed my Subway meal. And I remember, this is something really interesting. I had the best night's sleep that night that I've ever had in my life. I remember that sleep to this day. I have prayed for that sleep. I felt like I was a baby in my mother's womb. And I tried to wonder why. And it's because I knew that I did everything within my powers. I exhausted myself and then I let it go. And then what happened, somehow I got a loan and 2,500 bucks came. And the journey, the story continued. And so when you're saying about doing something tangible, it's not just me saying that. Like you have to have some feeling of control and autonomy in what is a world where you feel adrift and the, the ground is shifting beneath your feet. Those small chores that you take for granted, they'll give you order, some discipline. I'm making that chai. I'm painting this. I'm feeding my children. I took out the trash. I did some work today. I can control this. I did this with my hands. I'm still alive, right? And then you you plot and you do the best you can and then you let go. And I think those daily chores, that daily routine that you establish gives you a sense of rhythm that the very least says the world can take everything, but it won't take this. It won't take my delicious cup of chai that I made with my own hands. It won't take this little plant I potted outside. It won't take my love for my kids. It won't take that from me. Not today, death. Not today. So I, I hope for whoever asked that question, I hope that was hopeful. TED Talks Daily is hosted by me, Elise Hugh, and produced by TED. Theme music is from Allison Layton Brown, and our mixer is Christopher Fazy Bogan. We record the talks at TED events we host or from TEDx events, which are organized independently by volunteers all over the world. And we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email us at podcasts at TED.com. The best place to see stars is at home with Prime Video. Get everything included with Prime, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, starring Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Rent or buy hits like Mean Girls, starring Renee Rapp. Or add-on channels like Max for the HBO original Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. You've never seen so many stars in one place. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.